limestone, lime plasters, lime putty and lime concrete and how lime's been used in art and architecture. That's what Dunedin artist Tim Barlow and invited artists are exploring in a new project called the Lime Burners. Tim received the 2021 Environment Envoy Commission to create the work that will be housed at the city's old gasworks. It's a story in its own right. We have a gallery of images on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash standing room only. Tim Barlow's here in the Dunedin studio with me to tell us more about his fascination with lime and his plans for the project uh, involving other artists, as I mentioned, and one of them is Louise Paley, who's also with us. Um, Tenakwe, welcome to both of you. Tenakwe. I do like a good definition to start an interview. So when we're talking lime, what is the, the material? So lime is um, uh, a broad term that covers uh, several materials that are produced from limestone or shells. So limestone... Uh, all shells are crushed and burned, and the resulting quicklime uh, is referred to as lime, and that becomes a, a foundational material for um, building materials, building mortars, plasters, as you mentioned, stuccos, concretes. Um, and lime can also refer to uh, purely crushed limestone rock, is used in agriculture. So it can be a slightly confusing term, but we, we're using it as the quicklime, which is basically calcium oxide produced from the burnt limestone and shells. So walking around um, Otipoti Dunedin here, there'd be plenty of examples of lime in our architecture? Uh, the, yes, there are. There's many old mortars, especially, yeah, that yeah. are used in the old buildings. And, and still today? Is it still a used material? It's still, uh, it is, there's a revival in the use going on today. So uh, the heritage um, industry in Dunedin is particularly strong because of the uh, num- number of old buildings. And um, they are reincorporating now a lot more. It's growing the use of traditional lime mortars in uh, restoration of buildings, brick and stone buildings. How, how far back do we know is the history of lime? Uh, well, we've got to go back uh, 10,000 BC. Uh, so that's the earliest archaeological um, evidence uh, of the use of burnt lime. Uh, and that's in uh, the Neolithic cultures, the Anatolian cultures, and they made... Um, uh, lime concrete floors to their temples. Uh, this is in the Turkey regions of Turkey and Syria, uh, modern day. Um, so it is pre-pottery. Um, the pre, it's called pre-pottery cultures. Uh, so that's going way back. And then, of course, we we know its use came. Um, uh, was was massive for the Greek cultures and Roman cultures, many global cult- cultures. It's a, uh, it, it was the main uh, building and art ma- art making material. So, did the settlers bring this knowledge with them when they came to Aotearoa, New Zealand? I mean, you sent us a lovely photo of a historic lime kiln. Yes. It's quite a beautiful thing. Yes. So the um, oh the the settlers certainly did, and that was a big part of uh, modernity and colonial uh, building was the settler knowledge. And for instance, um, of of lime practices, and and in Dunedin, we've got the old limestone kilns on the peninsula, and that was where James Macdonald burnt lime. 
Um, but yes, they're right. The lime kilns are right throughout Otago. They're also like little small ones that many farmers had. But the kiln at uh, Makareo, Dunback, that you're referring to, uh, that was in 1909 when it was built, was the latest and greatest, the Schmott. Schmatola kiln from Germany and that was uh, when Public Works owned uh, well they owned and ran many um, uh, operations in New Zealand and they leased that uh, land out to the Melbourne Lime Cement um, company who who built this magnificent kiln that was going to supply all the farmers around there mainly with their agricultural lime and um, John McKenzie was the MP. He, he set it all up because he was supporting small farmers' land holdings, but of, uh, was also then uh, the main lime for um, lime for cement making through the 20th century. Because by that time, these traditional practices that the early European uh, builders and farmers had brought with them had really been superseded by concrete production, which sort of brings us round to why, you know, the interest that that knowledge kind of got superseded in the late 19th century, and we're rediscovering that knowledge um, because it's not really recorded. We think. Um, that uh, uh, just as nowadays uh, there might be a lot of proprietary industrial knowledge around the best concretes made, then these settlers kept that knowledge to themselves, how to burn it, what stones to use, um, the, the, the practices of burning and, and uh, mixing with aggregates as well. So that knowledge and also was, was not really written down. And um, so and that's, a, that's a big sort of exciting um, part of this journey. That, that part of the thrill for you, is it, Louise? Yeah. Are you smiling away when you're listening to that? I mean, what, what attracts you to this material and what is it like to work with? Because I'm thinking fire, I'm thinking dust, I'm thinking smoke. You know, what's it and like? And caustic. Yeah. Well, it was totally new <laughs> yeah. to me too. And was it February when Tim arrived, you drove into town with your van and basically his <laughs> van was just full of hydraulic lime and volcanic ash and crushed marble and marble dust and hemp fibre and all these ingredients are used in the lime putty. And I've never, never come across Line party and Stuart Griffith phoned up and he said, "Hey, uh, come down to Laurie, Laurie Forbes' yard because we're doing lime." And I went down there and you, there was steam and heat and caustic fumes and I was told to stand back and wear gloves if I was going to touch anything. And they were turning quick lime with water into um, a creamy mix, which is the the, the beginning of the lime putty because mm -hmm. that's the slaked lime. And as Tim enthused about what lime has been used for, including for artworks. And because I'm a sculptor, I was particularly interested in how it's been used in stucco relief artworks, especially interiors. I was like, this is really interesting. And Tim, because he had a van load of stuff, he said to me and to others, have a go. But he said, there's one little problem. We don't know any recipes. And so then it was like, have a go and experiment. So this, I've had a great time playing around with working out what works. Tim had some ideas. He knows that volcanic ash, I mean, you learn lots of ideas, but he gently gave us all we needed to know. Like volcanic ash, if you add it in, helps crystallise and deepen the strengthening of the lime putty. Um, you can, as you were saying before, you can add some aggregates to make it um, 
thicker and and stronger. And so I've I've been developing reef staccato works, referring especially to Rococo period of art, because I think that's a fabulous kind of exuberant art period that hasn't really been investigated much recently and referring it into the Aotearoa context with our own leaves and, and, and the way we can play with imagery. But using that kind of idea of style and learning about... So I've made lots and lots of different lime putty um, recipes. So when I want to hear the word putty, I'm thinking of the kind of putty that I'd use on my window. Well, is, is, really? it is that texture? Is well, it, it can it's be. It's very unique. Yeah. I think it's very unique texture, isn't it? Uh, you can't quite compare it to anything. And also every limestone that is burnt mm. creates a different material so one of the things we you know in terms of its textures perhaps its thickness sometimes it's like butter sometimes it's a bit more watery but essentially it's a bit like a cream cheese is what we're talking mm, right. so it's a lovely thing to plaster on to build up um, and to use in all manner of ways. So you're, you're um, plastering the, with the forms you mentioned, Louise, and then painting? Like, does it take paint? It can well, do. Again, yeah. as Tim says, because, yeah, I, I like that idea of cream cheese. And then you can add aggregate to the cream cheese and make it thicker and stronger, yes, and that becomes yeah, a base. Yeah. Or you can water down that cream cheese, and then it becomes like a paint, like a lime wash over the very top. So I've played around, as I say, but with I, lots I, of ways. Yeah, but I think yeah. we, you have to really use, we're talking about natural materials here, and local materials, mm. and lime requires natural materials. So um, if you're using paints, it works much better with lime-based paints, not modern polymers. And um, this one of the key things is that lime is breathable. So uh, one of uh, I guess what we what I tapped into, uh, particularly introduced by um, Stuart Griffiths, we'd had a sort of two year. Who's a mason artist? We'd had a two year conversation about. Um, you know, we reconnected after working, building a, a stone building uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. We reconnected, found we're both interested in this lime. Um, yeah, so uh, he connected me to the building industry. Um, and uh, we've connected with the natural building industry who use like uh, hay bale and uh, this is quite a resurgence and lime plasters, lime mugs over the top. Is and it we, environmentally sound though? Because yes, I mentioned that you are the, you know, well, the of, environmental well, of, envoy. We're, what we're trying to do is create lower carbon production. And one of the things is all, lime is, as I said, it's been increasingly used, um, but it's all being brought in from overseas. Generally, which uh, it doesn't need to be, which so. it doesn't need to be. So we're yeah pursuing that. We've got good quality lime here in Otago. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think it, it's really uh, we should talk about the Gasworks Museum. Yeah, oh, this is the location for this the exhibition. Is the location. You love this when you came in. You <laughs> this really love this old place. industrial nineteenth century site, the first gasworks in New Zealand. Um, remarkably, it's still op in operational order. So the machines are cranked up. It's a kind of relic of this lost knowledge as well. Um, and uh, Jonathan Seaworth, the uh, uh, the um, chair, uh, the chair of the Gasworks Trust, has been so welcoming, and he's included us um, in the South Dunedin community. We've got community, uh, apart from our own, like numerous workshops and things. We've got 
other communities are doing stuff in there over this coming weekend, the following weekend. So um, it's really exciting, and it's also an industrial site, so it's a place where we can be messy. It's getting increasingly difficult for artists to find places to be messy. (laughs) Well, I mean, you you brought the post along with you, Louise, with this intense flame, you know, Mm. so there'll be be flame there? (laughs) Ah uh, yes, there will be mm-hmm. flames. Oh, yes, that's yes. going to get a whole we're, lot more people along. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, are burning right. lime, and yeah, we, we, you can never resist the odd brazier or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But along with that, there'll also be displays. Some of us artists will um, either present working drawings. I myself will present some stucco relief work. Um, that I've done. I included cherubic hands, and I had a dear little seven-month-year-old little girl called Margo. But look, we've got um, all those other workshops be, yeah, that are others, really yes, exciting, yes. like. Um, uh, Tadillac, which is polishing lime uh, with pigments mm. to make it waterproof. That's a Moroccan technique. We've got hot lime mixing. Uh, we've got the Roman concrete um, fresco, traditional fresco mm. work going on. So yeah. cool. Thank yeah. you both so much. I've been talking to Tim Barlow and Louisa Bailey. And the Lime Burners opens on Friday at the Gasworks in Dunedin. As we mentioned, there are workshops to give it a go. One thing, follow us on Instagram, The Lime Burners. Excellent, there we go.